Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Dan Edwards has had a career filled with household name associations. David Beckham, Rio Ferdinand, and Cristiano Ronaldo, to name just a few. Dan's face has been seen across various TV networks, including an acting role in the award-winning Dream Team, as well as presenting BBC Two's Match of the Day, Kickstart and MTV. His diverse experience in the world of sport and entertainment have made Dan Edwards a much sought after presenter, a unique interviewing style which merges football, music and lifestyle. But his career has also seen Dan contribute enormously to both community programmes and charities, where he's had a huge impact on countless inner city youngsters over the last 18 years, whilst also working as a qualified UEFA football coach at Queen's Park Rangers. And this is where he's passed some of his amazing skills to youngsters in deprived areas, becoming an inspiration and a role model in the process. Oh, and I've seen the footage on YouTube. Quite incredible, Dan. So welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Wow. Thank you very much for that introduction. Well, well deserved. I, I literally stayed up all last night looking at videos, thinking, how on earth do you do shin ups? But anyone listening to this, and there are many, many people listening to this, Dan, uh, should just simply go to YouTube and look at some of the things that this guy can do. It's amazing. Anyway, Dan, let's start with football. Um, that's clearly your passion. But how did, <laughs> how did the stunt doubling and choreography come about? Um, it was sort of about 15 years ago. I There was a gentleman called Andy Anser, who is sort of one of the biggest sports choreographers in the world. And he was started off as an actor on Dream Team and then turned into um, a football choreographer. And they was doing a casting at a local football pitch where they were just looking for extras for a football advert. And I just happened to be there I went to the casting and it was literally only a minute they just take a few shots of you and then they record you doing some skills and just to see how you look on camera Um, and I was lucky enough to get that advert as an extra and then I just spoke to the director I spoke to the casting agency just to find out what other opportunities there were available and they kind of gave me some advice and told me what agencies to contact and I just literally sent my CV and images of myself to these different agencies to see if there was any other opportunities being like an extra in football adverts and then it kind of progressed from being an extra to featuring in sort of a couple of adverts a night jogger benito advert with eric Cantona and wayne rooney sort of where i was one of the main features um to then sort of being involved as a sports model to a body double so in some adverts although you will see Cristiano Ronaldo where sometimes they'll zoom into the feet or there'll be sort of an action shot they'll use sort of a body double and it kind of progressed for me doing body doubling for some art for some athletes to then after about 10 years working in front of the camera I got given an opportunity to be an assistant choreographer to the last five or six years I've been choreographing adverts myself 
So it's wow, kind that's, of that's transitioned that's really, from. Uh, burst my bubble now, thinking that Cristiano Ronaldo was a really good footballer, but in actual fact, it was Dan <laughs> all along. Oh, uh, to be honest, I mean, and this is sort of where we're not as choreographers. We we don't tell footballers what to do we can't teach them but it's kind of we're the link between the director and the footballer so just getting them into a certain position where they'll be able to execute and do this skill and it'll just look as good on camera as it does in real life Mm -hmm. so it's been a transition from in front to behind the camera Dan, how did football start for you then? And, and you know, because some of the skills and a lot of people listening to this will say, well, hang on a minute. You know, where, where's where does football relate to me in my life or my business? Many people that listen, you know, are striving for success in life, whatever it is that they're looking to do. And some are looking simply to survive day to day. A lot of people will inevitably think, well, you know, how does Dan's skills um, and football relate to what I do? But I think the analogy for me is very much your your passion for something and your desire to be really good at what you do. Uh, and inevitably you can't do, uh, you can't catch the ball on the back of your neck and you can't do shin ups uh, unless you practice an awful lot and you are really, really dedicated. So I'm, I'm really interested to know how football started for you and how all these amazing skills came about and what you had to do to acquire them. I mean, a football, uh, every football coach, semi-professional footballer is, wasn't able to, make their dream and become a professional footballer. However, I started at QPR and was lucky enough when I didn't get the opportunity to make it professionally, I was able to do the next best thing, which for me was become a football coach. And I had done the circuit of playing in the conference, playing semi-professionally. And there comes a time where financially, the commitment to sort of your love and your passion. And because I had done football for so many years, I didn't really have a love or a passion for playing sort of three, four times a week, whether it's training and matches and the traveling and as well as sort of my work commitments. And football for me has been my life from starting at QPR from under 11s to being at QPR since I was 16 years old. To, for the last 18 years, football has been the biggest part of my life and my journey. And it's football can be a release for somebody. So it can just be socially. For me, it's, uh, it's a way I can express myself. And you have many different players and many different people that have different characters and some that are just very strong, some that are quick. And myself, I just like the skill side of things um and it's kind of that's how i express myself so i get a lot more enjoyment of when i'm playing football doing skills nutmegs to if i'm doing events to freestyling and just sort of football's allowed me to sort of work with qpr in the so i've worked from inside prisons to i've traveled around asia with qpr to working with the premier league going around the world with the premier league where we educate football coaches and it's kind of each coach has a different personality and my way of expressing my personality is with a football doing skills doing tricks and it can range from something as basic as doing normal kick-ups to balancing a ball on your head where a bottle's on your head as well at the same times and it's just kind of putting on an act and putting on a show to try and make it as entertaining as possible because for some people that's nothing it doesn't sort of whet their appetite they're not really 
they don't enjoy that. Whereas a lot of the people, sort of the children that I work with and the young people nowadays, it's all about the skills, the flair, the Ronaldo skills, the Messi skills. And it's just part of an act and part of the entertainment world, I feel, with football now. Players are seen from bright hairstyles to bright boots. And it's just about a brand. And for me, whether that's a coach, whether that's playing, whether that's a choreographer, it's all about the brand and how you represent yourself or whether it was Queen's Park Rangers or the Premier League, you're representing a brand. To be, to be having a conversation on this podcast with somebody in their mid-30s who's already served 18 years in a sport, which is, you know, there's not a lot of people who can uh, can boast the fact they've been in the game for such a long time. Clearly, and, and it sounds, you know, I'm just hearing your voice, the, the amount of passion that you have for, for the game. But uh, tell us about the... Um, the work that you do within the city youths, because again, that's a it's a very unusual route for someone to go, given all that you've just said. Um, but I'm I'm particularly interested to understand how that came about as well, Dan. So football, football in the community. Sort of, I'm from West London. Queens Park Rangers is based in West London, and that is where we work. We use football as a tool. So whether it's social inclusion, disability, we work in prisons, keeping children in education. And there's a lot of bad press, and there has been for a number of years, about gang culture, the violence, um, poor attendance and punctuality from inner city children, um, more in particular inner city young boys. And we use football as a tool. For example, working in prisons some people will have the attitude where they're in prison they've done wrong let them rot or leave them whereas we want to use football as a tool where we can give them an incentive and give them coaching qualifications and once they are released they'll be able to relate with the young people within their communities to try and steer them in the right direction or whether it's an education background where we use football as a tool whereas some children some young people may have really bad punctuality and attendance whereas one of the programs that I set up was doing a early morning football class so the class students would struggle to get to school for a 9am start but we would do a 7am till 8am training session and then we would provide breakfast Um, and the children the boys were in school by 7am they were struggling for 9am but we're just using football as a tool and as an incentive and being in West London I know the young people in that area and I know what they like. And although majority of them will support Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, QPR is their local club and everyone will always have fond memories and a love for their local club. And it's just using football as a tool to try and keep them within, whether it's education or within a certain establishment where they can just better their lives. Dan, do you think that, you know, what you're doing, prisoner rehabilitation, punctuality in schools, which has been a longstanding problem, do you, do you think it's about giving them a sense of belief that they can make a success of themselves, they can rehabilitate, uh, and, and therefore, you know, keep them off the streets in the example that you've just given? Is it about, is it about belief and that they, they have a future, which I suppose many of us when we were younger just took a little bit for granted, but it's, it's tougher these days, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's about inspiring change and just setting realistic goals I mean a lot of the young people that we work with they just want to become a footballer and that's it and it's just setting realistic goals where it's trying to 
set them on a pathway where they may not be able to make their plan A, which is professional footballer, but how can they use football to help them with their fitness, the diet, the nutrition? And it's just getting into a routine where, especially now with mental health, it's using football, whether it's just a release or whether it's a routine where mentally it's just making them stronger and giving them more focus in life. And football just being the release, that could be the release they need from stress if it's older the older generation where they've got family they've got work issues to the young people that we work with whether it's single parent families or siblings or just peer pressure from gang related issues just using football as a release but instead of just it just being a football match we're trying to give them possibilities and inspire change within them and if you don't mind me asking this, I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper because I think what you're doing is, I mean, is, is amazing. Um, are there any, you know, let's just take a, you know, a, a prisoner um, recently released from, from jail or a, a young boy or, or girl who uh, is, is struggling a little bit in life for whatever reason. Are there any particular drills, techniques, skills, or is it just a question of giving them something that they love doing? Um, you know, and then they just run around for an hour uh, before breakfast. Are, are there any things that you are seeing in people that they need from you, which you're incorporating in your programs? To be honest, it's just the the flexibility of any good coach. So whether it's myself doing it or another coach, and there's lots of other football coaches that will be on a similar pro will do a similar program to what I do but it's just having that flexibility of you as a coach you need to know how to get the best out of all of your players and the variety will change from I've worked in Harrow school which has produced three prime ministers to working in Feltham young offenders where there are stabbings on a daily basis with gang affiliated wars and it's just being able to be flexible and adaptable where you know how to get the best out of each young person that you work with. And some young people like to be told what they're doing wrong. Some people like the Roy Keane effect, like the hairdryer treatment. Some players, some young people love that where you know what buttons to press and it gets the best out of them. Whereas there's some young people you work with who are very shy, very timid and you need to, it's about man management. So similar to football managers, they know how to get the best out of their players. And it's the same with a coach. You need to inspire that young person because you want them to come week in, week out. If we're running an early morning breakfast club session three times a week, you need to make sure that it's that entertaining. There's that much enthusiasm where they want to turn up three days a week and they just see it as it's three football training sessions a week. But behind that, it's they're getting up, they're doing physical activity, having breakfast and in a right mental state of mind to start the school day. Yeah. So, Dan, what advice, since you're so well equipped to give this advice, what advice would you give to any youngster, for example, who doesn't believe, and I'm sure many of them come to you uh, with a, a complete lack of self-esteem, don't know where they want to go, um, just lack direction when they don't believe um how do you get them to transition from a place of you know you talk about mental wellness um how do you get them to move from a fairly dark place in life to 
something that is a bit more aspirational where they can possibly see the wood for the trees? It's just about opening up, networking and just talking to whether it's a football coach or somebody within your local communities. And I understand some people find it hard, but the more conversations that you have with somebody, the more you're able to find out a more about them and b more about what opportunities there can be so we may just think somebody just turns up to football just because they want to have a kick about and enjoy it whereas the more conversations you have with them they're interested in coaching they want to do similar sessions with a younger football team that their little brother or sister plays for and it's just being able to you can't really say network to young people because they'll just switch off, but it's just having conversations and conversations are very difficult to have with young people. So the, the stronger relationship you get to build with them and that just happens when you're playing football with them, when you're coaching them, when you're working with them on a day-to-day basis. But with anyone in general, just having a conversation and what, what do people enjoy doing? What are their aspirations? And there is no age limit. We work with young offenders. We work from toddlers under fours to we have an extra time club, which is for over 65s. And again, we use football as a tool. And you can have the same conversation as someone in primary school to find out what their likes and dislikes are to get the best out of them to some of the extra timers that we have that are over 65 years old and it's just very simply just having a conversation with them what do they like what gets what how can you as a coach get the best from them and an over 65 isn't going to be running up and down the pitch doing a lot of fitness sessions but it's just about that mobility and the movement and coordination that they're not going to do anywhere else just with you once a week yeah i've been trying to think of the words um that I guess present a common problem in society. And I suppose the ones I've come up with while you were speaking then, Dan, was social inclusion. And it seems to me that a lot of these youngsters, um, offenders, for example, they need to be heard, they need to be seen, and they need to be supported. And you've talked about talking to them and, you know, kind of putting that metaphorical arm around them. So it's all really about communication is what you're saying and making them feel that they are accepted within their society. And I'm wondering whether or not that is the root cause of a lot of uh, the issues that youths and young people of today face, which is a, a sense that they are not socially included. Would that, would that be a fair? That's, that's it. And that's why there are so many gangs in London, because a gang, they feel included. They feel part of something. And the issue with a gang is they feel part of something that is negative. What we're trying to do is use football as a tool so that they can feel inclusive within a football programme. And we're trying to get the best from them. Wow. What, a, what, an, amazing, what an amazing undertaking and commitment. So um, you've finished at QPR now uh, after 18 years. The obvious question is, will you miss it? Uh, and, you know, I suppose as much as that, the satisfaction of seeing what you've done and the difference you've made. Tell us a, tell us a little bit, a bit about, about that. It's, I, I will definitely miss QPR. I'm still going to be involved. And my journey has ranged from the academy at QPR to where we had Raheem Sterling under 11s. We had Harvey Elliott, who signed for Fulham and is now at Liverpool, who was the youngest player in the Premier League. So from an academy point of view, I've 
been able to be part of the development process of some very good players that are now playing at an exceptionally high level to within a community program seeing young boys turn into men and seeing the difference that football has had but with regards to now that I've left QPR it's I still want to be involved with young people still want to be involved within football music and entertainment worlds and it's ranged to now I work I've started my own company where we work with professional footballers during the off-season and winter breaks. So this off-season, we had players like David Luiz, Daniel James, who's um, signed for Manchester United, uh, Jeffrey Schlipp at Crystal Palace, where we was doing their off-season training programme in Dubai. So I'm still going to be involved within football now. It's more at an elite level. and But then I'm able to then use the players that I've worked with to engage with the young people and use them kind of, I, I do this session with young people that I work with within my local communities. And then when they see I've done similar sessions with Premier League players, it's inspirational for them. So it's able to get the best out of both worlds, really. And uh, I, I do need to take a step back. Well, the first thing I would say, actually, just to pick on something you said earlier on, uh, your your over 65s initiative in 14 years I'll be giving you a call because I'll qualify. <laughs> um, but taking a step back to uh, the extracurricular activities outside of football, uh, and since I I have a particular background myself, I'm really interested to know about how the whole TV thing came about. And of course, what many people won't know about Dan Edwards is that you've been a Brazilian uh, stunt stunt double double whatever it is. Um, so tell how did how did TV come about? How did that, how did all that happen? Again, it was just conversations that I had from directors when I was doing adverts and I heard about castings that was happening at Dream Team and again the casting for Dream Team the audition for Dream Team was just as an extra and they seemed to really like me and then offered me a position as a Brazilian called Carlos so it kind of went from that to then just pitching ideas I've, I've always had loads of ideas working in football the music and entertainment industry and sending a million emails and getting the odd response and then again pitching ideas the bbc liked a few mtv liked a few rio ferdinand's number five liked a few and it was just always working with footballers getting into music or musicians getting into football. And it would vary from me taking some of the Manchester United players to meet Drake backstage at his UK tour to getting some of UK's biggest artists to do football challenges. And it's just trying to get musicians and footballers out of their comfort zone and just to see a different, a different side of them. And that's where I feel... I've got good contacts in both the football and music world and it's just trying to create an idea and create content that the public would like to see really. Yeah, well I'm I'm again uh, kind of being uh I trying to be objective about this on behalf of those listening to the podcast Dan. Um I suppose a lot of people say oh you're just in the right place at the right time. But what I do know about you and what I'm hearing very very articulately is you have uh, used a great deal of your own endeavour. You have networked extensively. You have persisted. And so you've put yourselves in these, or yourself in this position of being able to grow opportunity rather than just kind of walk through the door and get lucky because you, you look good or you've got the right skills. It seems to me that you've become something of a consummate networker. 
And I suppose that's probably an important part of your success as well, from what I hear. Yeah, I mean, the network side of things is is the biggest thing, biggest thing for me. There's always going to be, if you're a football coach or if you're a presenter, there's always going to be someone younger, better looking, more enthusiastic that will want the same opportunity as you'll want. And it's about what makes you different. And for me, what I feel makes me different is my black book, my contacts, whether it's Premier League players, World Cup winners, to music artists, to radio presenters. It's kind of, I will pitch an idea and then I will be able to deliver it myself. And it's just taking less work away from if I'm pitching an idea to BBC. An idea is one thing, but then the BBC have to do all the work behind it. Whereas I'm coming to BBC or BT Sport or MTV and I'm bringing them the whole package. So it's I'm trying to sell the idea and make it less hassle for them. But then the end goal for me is just providing an opportunity where I can kind of show off my talents, really. And to be honest, there's a lot of 90%, 95% of the time, I won't get a response or I may not be what they're looking for. Or my idea may not be what they want. So yet there'll be a handful of successful opportunities. But behind that, there's a thousand ideas that certain companies have said no to. And this is what I say to a lot of the young people that I work with. You're always going to get knockbacks, whether that's as a footballer and a manager not liking you, whether that's you applying for a job and not getting the job opportunity. But if you was to just give up the moment you get your first kind of the door closed ahead of you, it's that's not the attitude to have. So although, yep, it will look good that I've got Drake, Rihanna from the music side of things to Ronaldo, Neymar on the football side of things that looks very glamorous but there's a lot of hard work that's gone behind it and a lot of no's and closed doors that have kind of pushed me even more to want to be a success. So what's I mean you've you've mentioned the the company and the fact that you're kind of venturing out on your own now with all this experience behind you and this black book of contacts what 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 does the future look like now for for you Dan what's what's next? Well, I've got a lot more free time. So I've all the media work that I've done in the, over the past 18 years, I've had to fit that around a full-time job at QPR. So my son has just signed for QPR as well. He'll be in under nines next season. So to be a dad, to support him and just let him enjoy his football journey. But now it's I'm able to focus on ideas and creating content in football music and the entertainment world where I can give a hundred percent of my time to it and not the odd 10, 15 percent around QPR. So the future's bright and it's now just trying to filter out pitching ideas that will work and what companies will like and brands will like. Well good luck to you. I have to say well everything you've done so far, so well deserved. And I'm sure the future is, as you say, very bright. How do we find out more about Dan Edwards then, apart from YouTube? And it, I have to say, seeing is believing, you've got to go visit YouTube and watch, watch what Dan Edwards can do. But beyond that, do you have a, do you have a website, um, social media, anything like that? Yes, everything is Dan Edwards 9. Dan Edwards and the number 9. So on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Dan Edwards and the number 9 on my website, danedwards9.com. Brilliant. Okay. 
Dan, uh, one final question. I can't quite believe we've run out of time already, but one final question. Um, knowing all that you know now, based on that, well, quite incredible life journey and you're only mid-30s, but based on all of that stuff that you've picked up along the way, if a young, well, let's say your son comes up to you in sort of five, six years from now and says, you know, yeah, I can do my five shin-ups now, Dad, and I can balance the ball in the back of my neck, but, you know, give me a few, or a tip or a few tips to help me on my way in life, what would those few Dan Edwards senior tips be? Never, never settle. Um, you can always do better and sort of, it's all about the mindset. For me, the psychological side of things is so important from playing to coaching to being presenter. It's about mentally being strong and mentally wanting to push yourself and you're going to have setbacks, but being mentally strong enough where you want to develop, you want to become a better presenter, a better football coach, a better father. It's having that same attitude throughout everything, not just when you're enjoying something, because whenever you're winning a game as a football coach, whenever my team's winning, I'm not seeing how great my players are because it's easy to play well when your team's winning. You see how mentally strong your players are when your team's losing, when you're struggling, when you're behind. And it's just having that same mental attitude where you want to do better at everything that you do. Oh, I think that was brilliantly put. Uh, thank you so much for thank you. us. Um, I, I was told, I was tipped off that you'd be a brilliant guest and that is exactly the way it's proven to be. So uh, despite the fact you have got more time on your hands, you've still given up your time to share with very, very many people um, some of your tips for success in life. So Dan Edwards, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That was the Sandro Forte podcast with another brilliant guest, Dan Edwards. Wasn't he terrific? I so want to do what Dan Edwards does with the football. Remember to subscribe if you want more tips like this, tips and techniques and skills for achieving success and overcoming life's challenges. So please remember it's Sandro's podcast. There's three S's in that. And to keep those reviews coming via iTunes so we know what you'd like more of from our other guests in the future. Until next time, have a great week. 